You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Of uh, Eddie Bay? Yeah, because I was worried that they were they had already talked about it. And I was like, surely, you know, I know they record on Saturdays now. I missed it, but surely, there uh, somebody saw it at a midnight screening on Thursday, and both you said you hadn't seen it. And well, I saw you at the theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was funny. I was like, hey, hey, Jeff, did you see Batman versus Superman? <laughs> I totally blinked out yeah, of the fact. Yeah, I know. That was like, and I was just like. <laughs> I noticed there was a, there was a lot. I was like, "Why isn't he responding?" Like, oh wait, I fucking saw him yeah, there I in the lobby. I also like. I think I freaked Jenna out a little bit. Well, she didn't recognize you. I know. I just thought it was because, like, I saw you. I saw you and Jason. Yep. I was like, "Oh, okay, I know those guys." And then there was just like that's that little bit of gap between Jenna and yep. Andrea, mm-hmm. and I just snuck in there. Snuck and I liked how you and Jason were talking and didn't notice me. <laughs> and Jenna was looking at me like. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> and like, this is breaking so many social norms. <laughs> Whatever it is, we don't want it. And go away. Yes, yes, exactly. No, but she was she was mentioned because the last time she saw you was uh, when we did the Scott Pilgrim episode, like yeah. back in September. Oh man, was and, it that uh, long ago? Yeah, it was long ago. And wow. uh, you you have changed physically quite since then. Oh, thank you. So Good she was time. like, she even said she was like, please tell Jeff that I didn't. I, it was because <laughs> I didn't recognize him, <laughs> not because I didn't remember him. Yeah. Um, no. But so, what do you think of uh, Batman vs Superman? Um, so many things to say well i mean i I listened to your episode by the way Uh of my comic life uh and uh good episode by the way like when you said you did the whole episode on that i thought like all right remember the first half hour and then you went into other stuff you weren't kidding man you guys talked the whole episode it was basically an editing bay episode co-hosted yes by you and sam essentially yes uh but uh yeah you 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 i share a lot of your same sentiments i think maybe you guys were a little more upset at it than i was really well just because i but you look at things from a technical standpoint Yes. Like, 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 you know, it's because you even told me right before I went into the movie, you're like, a lot of good shit to look it at. It looks gorgeous. And it does. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> after, after hanging out with Joe and doing, like, Afternoon Delight and learning and kind of picking up on, like, this is what a oh, good yeah. storytelling mm-hmm. and all this other stuff is, I was like, you're, like, well, I don't even consider myself an amateur, and I can even sit here and be like, you got some serious fucking flaws with this yes. film. Yes, and you shouldn't have to be. Like, the normal audience goer. You know, I thought I had, um, because I, I revisited Star Wars over the weekend. Star mm-hmm. Wars came out on digital, and uh, I know the Blu-ray comes out on Tuesday, and I thought I could make it, but no, it was Friday night. <laughs> I told Jen, I was like, oh, Star Wars on digital today. And uh, two hours later, sure enough, we, yeah. we had purchased it and uh, and had started watching it. Still going to buy the physical? Uh, you know, I don't know, because I bought it through iTunes, and I thought it was just the movie, but uh-huh. you get a lot of the extras with it. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was just going to buy the Blu-ray see, for like the deleted scenes and for the, the documentary, but yeah. it's included. See, Amazon does that, but I don't like the way they do it. Like, I bought Guardians of the Galaxy through Amazon Prime, yep. and it was like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy plus special features. And it's like, well, like, the special features... It's probably like a music video or something, well, yeah, right? Yeah, like, it was like very short. But also, I didn't like that they tacked it on to the end. So it's oh. it's not like a separate video file. You have to fast forward. So through. I would have to fast forward through the whole movie to get past the credits, yeah. and then like there's the special features. That's not efficient. Yeah. But this one though, it's just like it's almost like watching a DVD. If you have a little interface and it's got the deleted scenes and all this stuff. So yeah. Now the only thing it doesn't have is uh, 5.1 surround. Like but it's, it's only in stereo, and that that's a do, deal breaker do, for do, me. Do they even do digital HD in 5.1? Oh sure, yeah, oh, yeah, really? yeah. You can. They just cheaped out. I don't I don't know why. Maybe they're trying to. 
get audiophiles like me, although not really an audiophile, but man, you missed that 5.1, especially yeah. in a movie like Star Wars, where oh, it was yeah. designed for it. Yeah. So uh, I don't know that I'm going to buy the Blu-ray, Jeff, but I am certainly going to acquire that that file that has <laughs> this 5.1. One way now that may just mean like maybe I borrow a buddy's. <laughs> so if you happen to buy it, I will be here on Tuesday to borrow it from you. <laughs> this is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joel. I'm Jeff, and you will notice that no Joe today. Or I'm sure he would have chimed in on both Batman v Superman and I don't know if he's Star seen Wars. it yet. Uh, I haven't seen him. Oh God, I have to believe he has. Although he's had his. I hands was about to full. say is not this weekend. Because no. this is like, like I mean, it is WrestleMania. Yes, but it's also like ma- actual mania because, like, <laughs> literal mania. Yeah, well, because like doing MVP mm-hmm. is you know is uh, Danny and uh, Matt are huge wrestling guys. Right. You know, sports entertainment. Yes, please. is uh, <laughs> okay. Whatever, they're wrestling guys, <laughs> and so. You know, and like I was just like, oh, so it's just gonna be like an event Sunday night, and they're like, no, it's like a whole weekend. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, I don't – it's just ridiculous because I didn't realize, like, all the indie shows – I had no idea. They, they will follow and be like, okay, we're going to do shows, all, like, leading up to it and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, so I know he's been busy all week. So yes, I don't I don't know if he's, he's seen it or not, you know. That's a good point. I, I, he's – I can't wait because I'm, I know he's – he's got to have opinions on it. Well, he yes. has opinions on everything. It's Joe. <laughs> we love you, Joe. That's why you host several podcasts. He, he said that, not me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one asked to see him, but uh, unfortunately, we won't be seeing him this week. Uh, so that one means once again, no small soldiers episode. God damn. The search continues. We're four weeks on promoting that episode, and, yeah. uh, and uh, I got news for you: it's probably not going to happen next week either. But oh, we'll, see. we'll see. I was about to say, like, so next week, right? We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll play it along. I like Joe's description that it's like uh, the end of Jimmy Kimmel Live, where it's yeah. just like, apologies to Matt Damon yes. for not. Uh, so that he's our small soldiers, yes. or vice versa. So no small soldiers this week, but again, we were talking about Batman versus Superman. That's all anybody's talking about because yep. that was the big movie, both last weekend and gosh I have to believe probably this weekend too although it did have a significant drop less than 50% no I think it was over over over, 50% drop from I think from Friday to Friday yeah not getting good word of mouth well because it's like you had the initial boost because everyone went to go see it yes and then they saw what it was and then they're like I'm not gonna go see it again to which you know I've I've heard people say uh, (laughs) nerd shaming the phrase nerd shaming came up on last week's episode Um, good on you Luke by coining that not sure if he coined it (laughs) but um, there are a lot of people who um, like this movie I guess Mm -hmm. but then there's the people who who knew they weren't going to like it and yet still they still want to go see it right it's like how does a movie who everybody you know has like a 24% right rating on Rotten Tomatoes Uh, that was of last weekend maybe it's going down no 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 I'm looking at uh, Google right oh no Mm -hmm. wait this is for the movie we're reviewing never mind (laughs) but it's probably still about 24% no it is 24% I was about to be like yeah I got it right here 20 oh no that's uh, that's not that one there we go so yeah so so the complaint is like if this movie's so bad why did everybody go see it on opening weekend and I'm sorry People want to see Superman versus Batman. Actually, yeah. I'll amend that. People want to see Batman on the big screen again. Yes, too. yes. And I will give a tip of the hat to Ben Affleck. Yeah. I, I think of all the complaints everybody has, everybody can agree, eh, for the most part, that he he was not bad. Right. The Batman storyline was by far the, the, the strongest of all of the storylines, and God damn, there were a lot of them going yeah. on in that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure I buy into his motivation, though, for hating Batman so much. I, I get the carnage and everything at Wait, the beginning. Wait, what? 
Oh, oh, Superman. I thought we were talking about Ben Affleck. I was like, sorry. Why is he playing him if he hates him so much? The guy who who he is, uh, right. the versus in the title, versus right. Superman. Because um, he, he destroyed not even his own city, but just a, a neighboring city, which I guess Metropolis <laughs> and Gotham City are now just across the bay from each other. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep, which, I mean, they're both represent. I, I believe. Yeah. I'm not, f- I would know way more about Marvel than mm-hmm. I do DC. But I kind of am led to believe that both cities are fictional representations of New York City. Yeah, that's what I thought. Or maybe Chicago. That that's what I've heard about uh, Metropolitan. I M- think Metropolis. That, Metropolis. Whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like is that, uh, it's a generic name. Yeah. Sure. Like I've I've heard people be like, no, that's more Chicago. I'm like, okay. Then why the fuck is it across like a bay? Why can't I take a yes. ferry? You know. Yeah. Two, two large cities like that. Yes. Usually not that close to each other. Yes. Unless it's Dallas Fort Worth represent. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Batman versus Superman, a uh, lot to be talked about. I don't want to retread water because, yeah. uh, like I said, my last week's my comic life, uh, hosted by our guest host Jeff and uh, Sam, uh, they did a whole hour on it. You can hear all their thoughts about it. Uh, I'm sure when Joe comes back, he will have plenty of things to say. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll I'll get into to my opinions a little bit. But I just wanted to use it to set up because uh, everybody is talking about Batman versus Superman. We're over a week away. Uh, from its release, and I don't know about you, man, but I'm I'm exhausted. I'm yep. exhausted by my Facebook feed, yep. everybody's opinions. Yep. I've read several reviews. Everybody has something to say on it. Everything has been said. Um, so instead of doing another, instead of bombarding you with more Bat VS uh, or BVS, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. uh, talk, we're going to do another Zack Snyder <sighs> masterpiece. Oh, God, <laughs> that is not how I had to describe well, it. Well, that's the thing. <sighs> All right. My whole, like, what, what? This is an unproven director. I'm on record as saying this. This guy is unproven. He has yet to do a great film, Zack uh, Snyder. No. Uh, okay. I definitely would I I really enjoyed Watchmen. People like Watchmen. I really enjoyed Watchmen. 300, like, and eh, like, I, the, the only reason why I've seen 300 mm-hmm. more than three times is be- <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, is because in college we played the drinking game. Which is like every time they say Sparta or, oh, or Spartan, oh, that's great. You just do and like, it, it it's just like playing the fuck game with Joe Pesci in Casino. Is, oh Jesus! You know, is like you have to do it with beer because if you're doing shots of whiskey, you're not going to make it through the movie. Yes, you'll just gain a lot of weight. So so, even doing sips of beer of three hundred, even halfway through that movie, you're like, guys, like let's. <laughs> I get mission accomplished. I'm drunk. Well, like, that explains why you like it so much, then, because you've been fucking out of your mind every time you've seen it. Yeah. As somebody, I, I never got on the bandwagon with that one. I I didn't see it in theaters. I waited until DVD when, and everybody had been talking for six mm. months about it, and then I finally saw it. I was like, well, it's kind of it's beautiful. It yeah. looks awesome. Some great action going on. You know, Dawn of the Dead was pretty good. Okay. He did the 2004. That was his big yeah. introduction to Hollywood. That's and, right. First film. And it's like. You're going to tell me your first film was one of your strongest films? Isn't it supposed to be the other way around? But see, that's the thing. is, I think he had the least to do with that one, aside from, because he was kind of unproven at the time. Right. I mean, he, he, they just needed somebody in there to yell action. And it's, right. it's kind of hard to fuck that movie up. You get a good right. script, you get somebody who can shoot it well, and man, he's I mean, got a great eye for film. He's, he's only done six movies. Yeah. He's only done six. So... Dawn of the Dead was yeah. his first one, followed up by Watchmen. Watchmen. Th- then, oh, that came out before 300. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Dawn of the Dead. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Dawn of the Dead followed by, yeah, by 300. 300. Okay. Then Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Then the film we're talking about. I don't know why we haven't said the name. They saw the title. <laughs> Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. And then Man of Steel. Right. 
and then the, and then Batman versus Superman. Yeah, it seems weird that they would just that DC would just hand him well, the so keys to the kingdom. I didn't realize this is um is you, you know how the Marvel universe has uh, Kevin, I believe is Feige, Feige or yeah. Feige, I forget something like, like that. You know, he's not a director, but he oversees all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to make right. sure everything ties in with the movies, the TV shows, all that. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize Christopher Christopher Nolan is doing that now with DC. Yeah, because that's right, because he was executive producer executive of these producer, last two and movies. And you can definitely fucking tell in Batman vs. Superman that's that Christopher true. Nolan was like, hey, guy, I got a suggestion. Yeah. Like, you could tell, like, they had several... I got a little bit of experience yeah, with like, uh, like, Cape Crusaders. Yeah, like, why don't I just tell you about it? Like, you, yeah, like, th- Batman vs. Superman. When I saw Chris, I, did, I had no idea he was involved with it. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw him as an EP credit, and I was yeah. like... Oh, this has got a little bit more interesting. Yeah, a lot of comparisons between uh, him and Zack Snyder as far as their criticisms. Both criticized for uh, not having a lot of humor, not having a lot of uh, funny in their movies. And I will always apologize for Christopher Nolan because it's like, well, his movies are badass. Like, And yeah. he, he will have a few funny moments. Uh, he got a bad rap for Inception uh, just kind of being very, very serious and heady. But there, even there, there's a couple of chuckles. Right. Um, but, man, Zack Snyder. Definitely takes that to a new level. Yeah, um, I would say uh, both both Superman film and mm-hmm. uh, and and Sucker Punch also are. Oh are, my god, are, uh, very joyless. Oh my god, like <laughs> yeah. I, I guess we should get into. Let's get this. into it. So I mean, uh, like, Sucker Punch, as you mentioned, his third film, f- fourth film. Yeah, his two thousand. Yeah, 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 his fourth film, two thousand eleven, uh, rated PG thirteen. Which, which, by the way, real quick, yeah. I know how actors get jobs in Hollywood. Right. Is sometimes the director's like, you know, if Martin Scorsese wants, like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio in the film, mm-hmm. he's in the film. Yeah. But I know they also have to audition. Do you know how the fuck directors get jobs? Because I want to know <laughs> when the studio was making Man of Steel and they're like, we need a director. And yeah. they're like, let's get Zack Snyder. And they're like, well, what, what was his most recent film? Right. Sucker Punch. Yeah, okay, let's go with that guy. <laughs> like, whoever made that decision, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure was either shortly fired or was like I'm out the door guys I don't you know, give a fuck I bet that decision was made before Sucker Punch came out because yeah. Watchmen preceded it that's a good point and that's so a really good like, point here's a guy who who took a a little known uh, graphic novel people mm-hmm. get pissed off when you call it a comic Watchmen is a graphic novel um, beautifully shot uh, probably his most successful film. I uh, I would definitely. I don't, say I, don't, so. I, don't, I don't mean monetarily, but from a a film standpoint. Yeah, I, I like it. I still think it's it's flawed. Uh, and I remember seeing it at the time. It took me a little while to kind of get still into. Still is long. Like there's something like it's very long. Snyder, like all of his films, is just like. All right, dude. Well, we get it. You can end this movie. <laughs> and Sucker Punch. There were definitely m- m- so many moments where it's like. Yep. And end. Uh, well, and end. <laughs> and maybe it's because like. Like Sucker Punch, over fifty percent of the footage is shown in like slow mo. Yeah, way too much slow mo. And I get it for dramatic effect, or when you're going for, for for a beauty shot. I mean, you can't you can't say that this guy doesn't know how to make a beautiful film. No, uh, but then you, then you know what you do? Hmm. You stop directing and become cinematographer. That's the thing. Well, but but here's the thing: he's had the same cinematographer on all of his moves movies. Guy, named okay, Larry so Fong. then so then maybe it's not Snyder. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Uh, like, this guy gets the credit. Snyder, like what? So he's responsible for working with the actors. Yeah, making sure that the story flows in a coherent fashion. Um, and and just he's got to be at the guy at the at the top level with the vision, and so when you look at it like that, yeah, what's what's really he bringing to the table? Yeah, well, here's the thing: Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. he brought a lot to the table. 
because he directed it. He wrote it. He wrote it. Mm-hmm. Screenplay and story were he had his hands on. Yep. And I don't know if Sucker Punch was based off of a comic or a graphic novel, but if this was an original idea, yeah. then like, okay, you're very imaginative, but that doesn't mean you're good. <laughs> it's true. And it doesn't mean you can create characters that people no. care about. And that's what I wanted to get to when, when I was talking about Star Wars before coming out on, on, uh, on video, on digital, uh, <laughs> and watched it over the weekend. I remember when Star Wars was coming out and these Batman versus Superman apologists, before the movie had even been released, were saying, you know, oh, it's going to, you're talking about all the records, all the box office records. Just wait for Batman versus Superman. Just wait, mm-hmm. guys, because mm-hmm. this is going to blow it out of the water. It was such- it's going to be epic. It's going to be so much better. And having just seen Batman versus Superman last weekend and revisiting Star Wars, it's night and, no, no pun intended, night and day. It's so fun. Star Wars is so fun. I've seen it five times yeah. now, and every time it's like you care about the characters. Yeah. Here's what I say. People went into Star Wars Episode Seven uh, talking about, oh, Luke and, and Han's going to be back, and Leia, and what's their dynamic going to be back like in, in it? Where are their characters now? They went into the theater with those thoughts, and they came out talking about who's Ray's parents. Right. What is Finn going to do? You know, because they progressed come back? the story. They, and they introduced these new characters that we cared about, even though we had no idea who they were coming into it. And by that two and a half hours later, you cared about them. You wanted yeah. to see you want to see more adventures. And yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, Han Solo. Spoiler alert, Han Solo dies, everybody. Han Solo died, but we were given something new to look forward yep. to. It wasn't just like, oh, well, yep. now we have one less thing to look yep. forward to. We have all these new characters. We have Kylo Ren. Um, and yeah, we get to see Luke, but <laughs> I'm more excited to see like where these new characters go in that story. And um, that is what is lacking in all of Zack Snyder's works. Um, it will is like I mean, should we just do a, a rough outline? We'll talk what, about what this uh, film is. Yeah, yeah, is because because how this film is structured mm-hmm. in itself takes a lot out of a lot of that emotion, a lot of that feeling, mm. you know, out of it. Interesting. You how know? so? What do you mean by that? Okay, well. So do you want me to recap? The you want to do a little recap of the plot? Or? I'll let you do it. Go for it. So there's a a girl that we know as Baby Doll mm-hmm. is the opening credits. Her mother's her mother's died, mm-hmm. and they were at the funeral, they're right? at the funeral. Oh, and uh, her stepfather has the last will and testament, and stepfather is just a bad dude. Yes, is going in to rape this girl, Baby Doll's little sister. Is that what's happening? I be- is that what we're that's to believe? What, that's how I interpreted it. I did too, and I think that's what we're supposed to well, believe. Well, it was just so creepy that he locks Baby Doll in her oh. bedroom, and she looks through the keyhole, and he looks back, knowing that she's looking through the keyhole, and like looks at her little sister, and like goes to close the door. I know. Which then prompts her to you know, uh, escape from her room, yep, climbs go, out the window, goes into his office, mm-hmm. grabs his gun. And this is the first part where I was like, what the fuck? Like is five, 10 feet at the most from her stepdad <laughs> goes to shoot him, yeah. misses and shoots and kills her little sister. Know, and like, it's like grazes his arm. Yeah. It's like, you can't uh, be much more fucking like, and this is not like, like a super like skinny dude. This is a yes. fat dude. Obese. And you can't be more point blank range than she was. Right. So <laughs> how the magic bullet goes around. So fuck. to get rid of, to get rid of, uh, to get rid of, uh, baby her, doll. of baby doll. Mm-hmm. Stepdad takes her to 
an all women's mental facility, which yes. is like, I, I know they segregate them like at like, you know, you know, where like they sleep and stuff right. is guy and girl wings. Mm -hmm. But like, they're not just like, this is only for women. This is only for guys. Yeah. But, no. All right. This is how porn starts, yeah. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so admits her to this, you know, shady mental facility mm -hmm. and is like, you know, gets with one of the, uh, this orderly uh, character named Blue. Mm hmm. And is like, look, she's a problem. He's like, look, I'll fake all this stuff, and we're gonna get her lobotomized. And like, you know, they say like it's going to paradise because they're gonna lobotomize her, yep. and she'll forget all about yeah. it. She'll be fine to society, right? So, so very beginning of the film, John Hamm shows up as the doctor, yeah, the and, lobotomist, right? And goes in and goes in to lobotomize her, and then boom, now we're in a dream state. So already it's like we're already out of reality. Yeah. You were asking like what this movie could be compared to, and uh, I think it, it could be compared to Chicago, the musical Chicago. I haven't you seen, ever seen that. that. This film's like uh, the musical Chicago fucked Inception, or, or had, had a three-way with Inception and The yeah. Matrix. Yeah, yes. Because yes. there's kind of, uh, and, and just to tell you. And like Matrix definitely got more attention than, yes. than, than the, Inception. The fight scenes and the cinematography of, of The Matrix with kind of the concept of Inception mm -hmm. kind of going a couple layers deep in your consciousness. Like, listen, I don't have a problem with the concept of this film at all. Because I like the idea. Well, here's the thing. I like when a film, it's ambitious, right? Can you right. at least give me that? It's not telling a super linear story. And it's not telling it on the surface. It's it's right. you're seeing the skewed. Okay, but so but so we go into this first level of of her dream state, mm -hmm. where her dream state is like I'm forced into prostitution. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> like if you're going in your head to escape, I would imagine you go to a more pleasant place. Right. Mm -hmm. But okay, <laughs> so the 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 way this whole this whole thing works is there's a brothel, and everyone that's in the brothel is people that she saw from the hospital. Right. And so the way it's set up is they put on a little burlesque show mm -hmm. and then people watch and then the guys are like, I like that one. And then they go in the room and they screw. Yes. And so dancing's the big part, which now I can see why it's like, okay, Chicago. So like she's this untrained dancer mm -hmm. and there's, oh, uh, there's like, you just have to dance, like just feel the music. So when she dances, which apparently she's an amazing, like can hypnotize people, sure. you know, natural yeah. talent, but we never see her dance. Sure. Would have been great to see that. huh? Because when she dances, that's when we go into inception level two. That's right. And now we're already <laughs> in a dream and now we're in another dream. And when she's dancing, she goes into a dream sequence where it's just like nonstop, like combat action. Yes. Which fantasy sci-fi, yes, which was like, Okay. And you know, and so in her head, in the, in Inception level number one, mm -hmm. they they devise a plan to escape from the brothel. That's right. And it's so her, the, we should set up. It's her and like, like a, four other girls. Yes. Right? Yes. What are their names? We've a got Blondie, uh, Sweet Pea, Rocket, and mm -hmm. Amber. Yes. Um, Sorry, Amber. You don't get a cool nickname. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Right. She's and the most generic of the five. Side note: Blondie's not fucking Blondie. Blondie's either. not. That's why it's funny. Hey, yeah, call her Blondie. Yeah, She's a brunette. Yeah. She's Asian. Yeah. No. Uh, right? Isn't she? No, she's the Amber, Asian one. Am Amber is. Amber is the Asian I one. The, yeah. Who's Blondie? The, Another brunette. The, the dark-haired one. See, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like their names are kind of interchangeable. Right. Although I will say, I do like uh, Rocket, played by uh, uh, Jenna, uh, Jenna Malone. Right. Who was outside of John Hamm and Carla Fergino? No, Gunino. Whatever. She was like the only, like the only other person I didn't recognize. Dude, you didn't recognize fucking Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac. He's blue. 
Oh. I like, <laughs> I like I recognized him, but I was like, I don't know that guy's he, name, but I've seen him. Kind of generic, and he's got his hair slicked back because it's supposed to take place in the fifties, right. right? This is a period piece, right? At least this fantasy does, like you say, Inception level one, right? Where they're in the brothel cabaret right. Chicago style, right? And so, so they devise a plan to escape, and they're like, we need four things: we need a map, mm-hmm. fire, a key, a lighter, a key. yeah. And so, when she goes into Inception level two, where mm-hmm. all the action is. That's in her head, like the plan, like acting out, you know, is right. You know, it's like so there are four fight scenes right in this movie. Uh, and boy, those were the highlight and the worst part of the film. You know, I know it's funny you say that because they look had you seen the trailer before? Oh, no, well, no. first of all, had you seen this film before today? I saw or yesterday. I saw my buddy's 15 minute edit of this film. And what this was is he Gosh. is like is like what we did is we watched and he's like, all right, here's what you need to know. She's in a hospital. This is a dr- <laughs> she's getting lobotomized. Uh-huh. She's in a dream state. Then within this dream state, she goes into another dream state and she starts fighting people. And I was like, okay. And he's like, fast forward. We get to the first action scene. Right. Watch the action scene. Fast forward second action <laughs> scene. And he's and he's like, guess what? You didn't miss any fucking plot or anything. And I was like, yeah. Okay. So like I watched it. In like 15 minutes of only watching those four action sequences, All right. you know. So then you have kind of seen this film, yeah. In and a way. So, so this was actually my first time actually like watching it, yeah. and like, yeah, I feel like I didn't gain a whole lot. It's like okay, like now I understand why in one scene they were going after a knife, and another scene like they were trying to capture, yeah, you know, a map. I guess it's like okay, but it didn't add like this whole new like, oh, no. this explains so much. And it's that like, no, that ultimately on as a whole, this film. That's why I think it's kind of. Unsuccessful because it the the premise is you know like a thirteen year old Joel would have loved this film oh yeah because it's like every young boy's wet dream basically yes. it's ninjas and space and explosions and fight scenes and hot chicks uh, and and like you know those are all the things we think we want in film but mm-hmm. are ultimately kind of shallow and, and mm-hmm. unsatisfying um, but I forgot the point I was trying to make about this film mm-hmm. oh uh, so so when you I remember when they were advertising it, mm. like that—that's all I saw were all the action scenes, right? Yeah, that's because yeah. that's what they advertised it as. Exactly, that's what got the asses. In and the I seats. remember thinking, watching the trailer, like, how does this all come together? How does it all? Why do we have yeah. dragons? But then we're also in space, and then like World War Two steam or World War One, One. Like, steam. steampunk zombie yeah. Germans. Yeah. yeah, it's just like what I get it, but yeah. So that's the problem. It's all these these fantasies, these little short films, basically. Yeah, that I feel like Zack Snyder wanted to make. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if if World War One Germans were zombies and right. these chicks were fighting them and, and there were zeppelins. But you see, the, the, that's what like took me out of the thing. It's like, one, okay, this is already a dream sequence, mm-hmm. and now I'm going into another dream sequence. So, like, there's no thrill for me because it's like, oh, there's this fight scene and oh, this girl's getting surrounded. But it's a dream. But you know, there's no stakes. So nothing's it's like, gonna happen. What's gonna ha- you know? It's like. Okay, and and it got to the point where like by the third and fourth one, like I would have much rather had seen what was going on in in Inception yes. level one. Like stay in the brothel, show us what's going on there. Yes. Now when you're going to these these um, uh, uh, fantasy scenes, it's like ah, I feel like I, now this is the point I can go to the bathroom. Isn't that weird that like the point that they were advertising and marketing and that the mm-hmm. whole the whole reason you make a film like this to shoot these fantasy scenes were very boring because yeah. it was soulless and like you said, you knew nothing's. Of of essence is going to happen, 
And when it does, they save it for that last one. Yeah, because there's a little tiny twist at the end mm-hmm. where, you know, we find out that, like, oh, now, like, one thing that happened in a dream sequence was, you know, acting out, you know. And it was like, well, you find out that, like, yeah, okay, like, in the in the in Inception level number one, she <laughs> starts a fire and, you know, st- someone gets stabbed. And then, like, the big twist at the end was like, okay, well, this was supposed to happen, and this was supposed to be over the course. All these things happened over the course of a month in reality. It's like, but... Wait, oh, is that really how long it took? That's that's what I thought they said. But I, I thought like, it was like three days. Yeah, but also it's like, but this movie booked end, this movie started with her getting lobotomized by John Hamm, mm-hmm. and then all this shit was supposed to happen in real life uh, that she was imagine was happening in the two levels of inception mm-hmm. and then they're like oh but all this stuff really did happen in real life it's like but she was in the lobotomy chair so what the fuck yeah i couldn't tell if that was supposed to be a flash forward or a flashback i don't know or because because this is bad storytelling <laughs> well it kind of is and i keep bringing it back to chicago because so so the the film of chicago not so much the musical Although the movie was based on the musical. But what they did in the movie version that they didn't really do in the stage version, is my understanding, is um, they did kind of have two parallels in, mm-hmm. in like a dream world. So Renee Zellweger's in that in that film. You should really see it. It's actually really good, even if you don't like musicals. Um, but she, she's been accused of murder. And so it's, it's very much the same thing. She's in jail. There's a bunch of other girls that she mm-hmm. kind of befriends. Uh, and then there's some singing and dancing going along. But every musical number, you kind of see... So she's got this fantasy world where she's this star on stage and dancing and and, and, right. and uh, performing. So every performance, there's a direct tie to something that's actually happening in reality. And they're very clever with the way they edit it. They, they cut back and forth so you can see what's going on in, in her mind, in the stage presence, but right. then also in reality. And you see, and th- and that's how what Sucker Punch should have done. Exactly. Instead of being, and instead they wanted to save it all for the end. Yes. And, but, but you it, forget. Yeah, you forget. And then also it's like, but now what I but now the beginning and the end don't match up is like, you know, <laughs> yeah. is like because I, I could have sworn the orderly like was like, yeah, over the past month, like you like stole this knife from the chef and you actually set fire to this room. It's like but you set up that you, the John Ham's character isn't a regular doctor at the hospital. Yeah. He's only there for like a day or two. <laughs> they say he comes every every Thursday, which yeah. I like that idea that there's like an insane asylum. Yeah. Where it's like, well, Tuesday's trash day. Yeah. Wednesday's when the lawn guys come. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, we have our house lobotomist, yeah. lobotomist that comes every yeah, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday's you lobotomy. Know, Thursday yeah, lobotomy. Don Draper, the lobotomist. Yeah. So it's like this, this – it doesn't seem to match – the big reveal doesn't seem to match up at the end. But, I mean, oh, man, like just also just like it, – it just it just like <laughs> – like you said, is they should have done that like what they did in Chicago. It's like, here's what's happening in Inception Level 2. Here's mm-hmm. what's happening in Inception Level 1. Yeah. You know? And also, the fight scenes got old and repetitive. They do. Yeah. I mean, is like, I kn- after the second fight scene, I realized, like, they're doing – the way that they score those fight scenes mm-hmm. is the same every single time. You're talking about the music? Yes. Yeah. Yes, is like it's like there's one like the the first fight scene opens up and there's you know uh someone's doing the pixies uh where, yeah. where's my head and so 
that song is playing while she starts dancing, and then you go into the dream, the the Inception level number two. Yeah. They set up what's happening in there because there's one reoccur- uh, reoccurring yes, character. The wise man. Yeah, the wise man. And he's like, here's what we got to do. Here's your mission. Yeah. And so while he's explaining that, the Pixies are playing under – well, the – cover of whatever song mm-hmm. is playing underneath then they go into like the typical like library like you know like you know uh i don't know if there was any original scores but like yeah there whatever. Was. so they go into that music mm-hmm. and then you knew okay this fight scene's almost over because now i hear where's my head <laughs> it at comes again. back on yeah. and it's just like what the fuck you know and it's like okay i get that you're using the pixies where's my mind at mm-hmm. okay that's that's kind of cool but then it's like why the fuck are you guys doing white rabbit they they did yeah the whole soundtrack is basically uh, 50% is covers of songs, uh-huh. uh, and then the other 50% is some sort of electronic score that kind of marries right. the two. But their their choice of songs, yeah. like Pixies, that made sense. Yeah, Jefferson's Airplane, <laughs> you're doing a movie about someone being lobotomized, and you're like, <laughs> and the only thing I can think of is the music director or whoever was like, Oh yeah, they talk about like what's in your head. It's like yeah, because you're tripping on acid. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's more because the song's called White Rabbit, right? So it's, yes. it's got to do with Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass. I think they were trying to it's draw a, some parallels. There. It's about that song is about Drugs. an acid trip. To it. All right, yeah. Like yes, like it's a it's that's what that fucking song's about. And like, also a little too little. They, they do the same thing with uh, Sweet Dreams, right? They do yes. a cover of Sweet that Dreams. Was, yeah, that was the one I couldn't think of, and it's just like. Okay, like, I get it. She's in a dream state. You know, okay, I guess so. Like The problem is, see, in a better movie, I don't think you would have minded those choices as much. Well, but also what's, what, what sucked was that it was copy, cut and copy for each fight sequence. It's like, yeah, I know these audio cues, and I know... You know what's going to happen. I, okay, now I know the fight scene's almost over, mm-hmm. you know? It's just like, and that repetitiveness, even though it only happens four times... Throughout the film, yeah, you catch on. It's st- you catch on, and then by the third time, you're like, "Okay, I get it, guys. I know, I know. I get what you're doing." And again, the the action scenes are of no little or of no consequence. Right, they're there for eye candy, which is fine. Hey, listen, I'm all about eye candy. Right, um, but if if that's if that's all Zack Snyder has to offer the world, then fucking let him make vi- music videos. Like yes. clearly, that's all. I don't want to say that's all he's good at, but I'm finding it hard to. <laughs> figure out why he still gets to make these these big budget movies because he, he doesn't seem to bring his own into it. He, he does a lot of slow-mo right. and a lot of relies on his cinematographer and then rinse repeat. Right. And, and like I said, is with Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. you can definitely tell that like they weren't just like, have at it. Like you can tell. Oh, there's some meddling. Yo, you can definitely tell that execs were like, hey, Nolan, come here. Come here. Like <laughs> he's going to direct. But I don't even know that Christopher Nolan would have signed off on a lot of the shit they did in this movie. It's way too much. It's jam packed. But like you can definitely tell. Like there are so many elements in BVS where it's like, oh, this is straight something Nolan does. Here's some information at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and two and a half hours later, and there's the payoff. You know, it's like uh, yeah. you know, and like th- I don't think Snyder has that capability to do shit like that. Yeah, is so like. It was shit like that where you're like, this is Nolan's hand. You, you know, know where, you know where Nolan could have stepped in on this movie a little bit, and uh, because we're comparing it to Inception, one thing that Inception did in this kind of multi-reality uh, mm-hmm. style of, of storytelling, 
he reminded you of what was happening in the other levels of reality, right? right. Well, remember, you remember that van at the end of uh, Inception? I say the end, but like for the last half hour that is forever just like slowly falling off of that bridge. Yeah. And they kept cutting back to it every now and then. and It's inching closer and closer. Right. And they were reminding you where everything is in each reality. Yeah, but also Inception, from if I remember correctly, right. is even if you're in a dream state, mm-hmm. Doesn't what happened in the dream actually affect you in real life? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then that means that like shit. Even though I'm in a dream state, and that's the excuse for like folding in like a New York City block on itself mm-hmm. because you're in a dream state. That's you know okay. Now that explains why that can happen. But you're still like like oh my god, what's going to happen? Because there are still real consequences. Yes, time S- is still passing in reality. Right. Seeing this, seeing like a girl get surrounded. By a group of steampunk, like German World War One soldiers, <laughs> like, well, like, there's no consequence. Yeah. So why the fuck should I be on my seat Again. being like, oh man, like this is engaging? Like, it, that's what I mean by that's what takes you out of this film. Yes, yeah, is is there's there's no sense of like, is there any real consequences? It reminded me of um, I remember in I think it was 2003. I looked this up. Um, there was a short film that somebody had done. Uh, it was called Batman Dead End. I think. Do you remember seeing it? It's uh, like a 10, 15 minute short okay. film, um, and I think it predated Batman Begins. Um, because it was like you know the last time we had seen Batman on film was the old Michael. I say Michael Keaton, but by that point. George Clooney had, had ruined him. We had nipples on Batman. <laughs> it was all comic book in color and, and, and funny. They uh, had gotten away from the series. 2003. 2003 is when Batman okay. Begins came out? No, no, Batman Dead End. Oh, fuck, yeah, okay, then I was right. Now, when did Batman Begins come out? Because I think... Oh, that, this that short, was... Close. Was that 05, maybe? Yeah. Because they, they came out like two, three years apart. And I think the last one came out in 2012, 2013. Yeah, is I'm not. Uh... But, but but I think what while you look that up, so what had happened was there was st- people still loved the character. We still wanted to see Batman, but we wanted 2005. to see 2005. Yeah. So two years later. So two years later. So this is before Batman Begins come out. Th- these guys uh, make these guys. <laughs> these guys make uh, this short film called Batman Dead End. It's like him and the Joker, and it looks gorgeous. It was well shot. Um, and then for some reason, spoiler alert, the Predator shows up at the end and it turns the into fuck? like, a, yeah, it was basically like, a, like a, a wet dream. Like somebody was like, what if Batman and Joker looked cool in this universe, but then we threw the Predator in for no reason. Oh shit, there's a documentary about that on Hulu. About uh, the Batman Dead End? Yeah. Interesting. I'd love to see it, but I remember everybody nutting when this mo- when this little short film came out. Oh, you gotta check it out, it's cool, it'll make you want to see a feature length. And I, and I checked it out. I didn't go in with skepticism, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to see a, a kick-ass Batman too. A nippleless Batman, and then it was it was all style over substance. It was just a, a fight scene, and it, it was well done, well produced. Right, but there was no real story being told, except that here's Batman and Joker fighting, and here's all of his toys, and then Predator shows up. <laughs> yeah, so, so I was is I was that, left disappointed. Is that even the same universe? I don't think. No, no, is. I don't. Not while well, I mean. I mean, I know Predator has comics now, but like, I, I mean, w- I want to say they're done by like I IDW guess or like. Technically, boom? if you want to back it out, if there's Predator versus Alien. Then Alien is definitely in our future, in our universe. So yeah, yeah. Batman's in the universe. It's all know. connected. It's like a, it's like a, no. it's like a rainbow. There is no way DC and Marvel are connected. <laughs> no. True. Good point. No. Yeah. No. Obviously, this Marvel is a fan and, film. Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. In the you, quest for more maybe, money. Maybe. Except yeah. that uh, Star Wars happened a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Galaxy far, far away. Well, but maybe that's time what travel. caused the mutants. Maybe that was the source Oof. of all the mutants. Man, that's 
That's that's a, that's quite a stretch. I cannot follow you down there, that path. Uh, movies have been made <laughs> on less, all right? Like uh, like right. on less premise. But but so my impression coming away from from 300 and from Sucker Punch and from this new Batman movie was the same impression that I had watching this Batman Dead End short film, which was that like it's style over substance. Yeah. Man. Just because you can do these things there's got to be something more that audiences care about. Um, a, a, a good going back to Batman versus Superman. So, like you said, when you were, when you walked into the lobby of the theater of our local Alamo Draft House, uh, we had just come out. We had just experienced it, and it was Jason and myself. You know, two nerds. Although he he beats me on the comic nerddom because I, mm-hmm. I I didn't know. He started telling me about all the other Easter eggs that were in there. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. I know Batman and I know Superman and I know that much to, to enjoy yeah. and I had just revisited the Man of Steel movie uh, earlier in the week because I was like Jenna you're going to come see this movie with me but you have to see this you have to see Man of Steel you got to see no, the first don't. one no you you absolutely do oh my god no, you that don't. is a prerequisite for mm-hmm. watching Batman versus Superman yes because otherwise you're lost that whole poor Andrea Jason's wife had no she, she was like I didn't know what was going on and I just gave up halfway through no, it's like because my buddy brought, uh, brought a date and mm-hmm. she was like yeah I haven't seen uh, Man of Steel and we're like Here's how Man of Steel ends. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And I was okay. Like, Any questions? She's like, no. And I was like, okay. You're caught. All right. See? All right. So if you knew that, then that'll help you with that first scene it, where it we're basically just, seeing. It's, it's essentially, it's just like when I watched the uh, the super edit cut of all the Fast and Furious to get ready oh, right. for Fast 7. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, but you at least still have to know that there was that Superman now exists, that there was this huge mm-hmm. uh, catastrophic event that happened where a lot of innocent people were killed, clearly, with all the buildings. Fuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The body count, like. Way over nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 seeing uh, an entire city just yeah. get pummeled. Not to mention what happened on the other side of the world in the Indian Ocean. But <laughs> nobody cares about them, right? <laughs> or at least not in Zack Snyder's universe. As I said, no, where no. you can just murder millions of people. Apparently, Shit, even in reality, Americans don't give a fuck what's happening if it doesn't affect <laughs> America. All right? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of my impression of Zack Snyder. He's like the ugly, ugly American, right? Yeah, he's like I don't. Know. He has disdain for for you and everybody watching yeah. his films because who cares? Batman's yeah. just going to murder a bunch of people yeah. in my films. Yeah, uh, with guns. I guess we should talk more about Sucker Punch. Yeah, I guess I, so. We'll get back to it. But I, I'm just saying, like, that's the theme in Zack Snyder's film. They're right. kind of joyless, and it's all eye candy, but ultimately, you're not... There's no characters there. You're not going to yeah. get the J.J. Abrams. You're not going to walk out of any of his films, like, loving the characters. Oh, oh, baby doll. I'm gonna, I, I, I want to know more about right. her. And, her universe. And, and what happens in the sequel? Who cares? Yeah, I definitely also felt like after seeing the ending of this film mm-hmm. that he definitely intended for the viewer... To watch this twice, where it's like, okay, you've watched it once, and now you know the big plot. You're lucky twist. I watched it once, buddy. Yeah, and like, but I feel like that's because like there are certain movies, like like when you guys did the Prestige, you mm, know, and, yes. and like you sit there and you're like, you watch that one time, and then you learn all the all the twists and turns, and then you go back and you watch it again, and then you're like, oh, yes. now this it's a makes deeper it. viewing experience, right. knowing what you know. I feel like that's what he was, that's what Snyder was trying to do with the end of Sucker Punch by doing that big reveal. But it was too little, too late, and also in itself, from at least my memory of watching it, which was like two days ago. <laughs> but like that's how qu- that's that's how this movie did not impact me. Is like I'm already like, wait, yeah, this 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 happened. Yeah, okay, yeah, this happened. You know, is like I felt like that's what his intent was was to be like, okay, now you know the twist at the end. Now you can go back and rewatch it, yeah. and then like be like, okay, so now this is happening, and it's like, but it's too weak. Also, speaking of twist, there was another twist because. 
the whole premise of this film is uh, that, that they're, she's concocted in this in the first inception level, mm-hmm. as you call it, which is the uh, the, the cabaret style, right? Uh, you know, the, the 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 stage where she's yeah, the brothel, the brothel. Um, she in this reality, she has set up this escape plan, like you said. We need the map, we need fire, we need a key, we need a knife. Which, by the way, uh, they go through a lot of trouble to get that dude's a lighter. Isn't there like a book of matches lying around, or can't you right. rub a couple of stones? I feel and, like they could have uh, solved and, some okay, of these and issues. And also, so so they <laughs> they they send Amber oh, no. to, to to steal the guy's lighter. Yeah, is they still is they're like Amber? This is your job. Okay, uh-huh. so baby doll's gonna dance. He's gonna be hypnotized. You go sit on the arm of the chair and reach in his pocket and steal his lighter. Right. And she's just like, oh, I, I don't know if I can do it. Like, how do I do it with my motions? Like, I don't know how like to naturally get my hand next to his chest. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, Vanessa I, Hudgens. Yeah, she comes and she's like, "This is how you do it." And then instantly it's like, "Why the fuck don't you do it?" Yeah, like, exactly. Like, you seem to be the pro giving out <laughs> tips of like, "This is how you pickpocket someone." Uh, yeah. Doesn't the natural because like they they establish that that the li- the guy they have to steal the lighter from is like the mayor or something. Yes. And so like he likes going there and watching, but doesn't participate. Right. So it's like. Who does it matter what girl it is because he's not there to fuck somebody. Right. Like, he's there to watch And his dance. eyes are supposed to be on Baby Doll exactly. as she's doing her mesmerizing dance and, on stage. And, we never she, and, and, yeah, and Baby Doll is the only per- – it's not like she's part of an ensemble cast. No, it's It's She's solo. doing a solo dance. So, Blondie, why the fuck don't you go over there and steal the lighter? That's a good point. Yeah, she's like, kiss the neck, kiss the neck. Yeah. Why you get in there and kiss the neck? I know. Neck? You this, steal the lighter. You obviously have done this before. That's a good point. I don't know why she had to do it. You know, and there were several things like that throughout this movie yeah. that was like, why do they do it like this? They have to steal a knife from the chef. And for whatever fucking reason, like, I've never worked in a kitchen. <laughs> I've had a lot of friends that have worked in the service yeah. industry and worked in kitchens. Uh-huh. Uh, not once does a fucking chef like have a holster for his <laughs> knife. This motherfucker has two knives that he right. keeps on his body at right. all the time. Now I will give that maybe because you're an insane asylum, maybe you can't have a woodblock sitting there in a corner with a bunch of knives sticking out. But still, uh, okay, these girls okay. should not be allowed into the kitchen if this is that type of environment, that, and right? Also, also like, dude, you watch like any like prison documentary show mm-hmm. where the inmates are you know in the kitchen cooking, right? They have knives and all that shit. You know what they do? They fucking, like, chain that shit to the table. There you go. You could have done that. Why is this guy, like, holding, like, sheathing these knives like he's, like, you know, carrying a gun on his hip? <laughs> well, the 1950s. Maybe they did things differently back then. They were also giving lobotomies, too, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, different time, Jeff. Different time. I guess. But, like, but, it's, yeah. it, but it's, it's so it's also little shit like that that, like, really bugged me. And it was mm-hmm. just like. This is just like you're not paying. I, I get. I mean, it's just like like you've said. Like Snyder's a a big picture guy, right? And it's like, but here's the thing: is in order for the entire big picture to make sense, you gotta pay attention to the small details. Yeah, it's gotta be believable. Yeah, and you know, it's got it's gotta make sense. Is because because yeah. what makes the big picture all the small pieces mm-hmm. adding up together. Maybe we don't write our master plan on the back of a chalkboard that can be easily discovered yes. by the by yes. Poe po Dameron. Yes. It's just like, <laughs> really, yeah, guys? Is, well, because ultimately all these things, the knife and the fire, whatever, they're all MacGuffins. They're all just... And it's this movie plays out like a video game. And the next stage, we have to do this. And yeah. then literally, like... The, the visuals in front of your face play out like a video game as well. Yes. You know, we have guns and ships flying around, dragons and uh, robots that are right. made out of glass, apparently, on a bullet train heading to a city. That Are they trying to save the city or are yeah. they trying to blow it up? Because in the end, they blow it up and it seems well, like no, they're no. good on you. No, it's because they were, they were the train had a bomb on it that yeah. was going to blow up the city. They were trying to defuse it. They're, yeah, and then like one of the glass robots 
activated it at the last minute, yeah. and it was too late to yeah, poor Rocket. Yeah, has and, to sacrifice herself. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> but even then, you're just, but like once again, this was like the third or fourth. The, it's the last one, isn't yeah, it? The, yeah, the last fight sequence. And by then, I was just like, I'm just so tired of this. Yes, just please, yeah. Like you know, I was like, oh, some one of the, one of them actually died. And it's like, see, okay, and that, but at least in that last scene. We see the consequences in in the reality, or at least right. one level up. Is 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 you know what would have been better mm-hmm. is to have if I made this movie. Well, if anybody would, <laughs> would have made this movie, is you instead of just focusing on the five girls, uh-huh. have a bigger cast, but then have but like have them all be like red shirts, you know, where it's like, hmm. all right, like we got we got our five main girls. But then, like, but there are seven of them. So, what's going to happen with these other two characters that we don't know their names? And then they die in Inception Level Two, and then we come back to Inception <laughs> Level One. Yeah. And then it's like, oh shit! Like these girls that are around the brothel are now dead. And it's like, oh, so now, and that's how you then you tie in that these dream sequences do have real life consequences instead of saving it all for the end. Right. Which is why, like, for the first for the majority of the movie. You're taken out of that because you're led to believe there are no consequences because this is dream sequence. Yes. And they haven't established at all that what happens in here happens in real life. Jeff is fired up. Yeah. Well, well that's what j- I'm saying. A little simple editing. And, you know, that's, that's kind of my profession. So it's right. like I, I appreciate it when it's done well, as in Christopher Nolan and, and Chicago. Right. And then when they just totally abandon it. And, and like I said, like you forget that she's actually in an insane asylum until the very end of the movie. Yeah. We're, you're you're so in, engrossed in the um, or embedded, I guess is the right. word in the the cabaret that she's participating in. You kind of forget. Oh yeah, these are all. But I would have liked to have seen. Like, how is this playing out? How is everything she's doing? Forget the fantasy uh, sequences. How is what she's doing in that level of yeah. inception affecting affecting reality? Um, yeah. And and the answer is like, Zack Snyder doesn't care about that. He wants to make his short little films that look cool, but don't mean anything. Right? Is is he? He's. I just. I think he can have a great eye, but I, he's not a good storyteller. No, I don't. And think so. that's. And part of directing, from my understanding, mm-hmm. is you know even if you're coming onto a project that you didn't write, then your job is you have to interpret mm-hmm. that. So which means you have to have some skills in telling a story. Yeah. You know and. I don't think he possesses any of those. Skills. Yeah, and he's too in love with his own visual uh, visuals. That right, he, he doesn't know when. To, like you said, everything moves so slow, and the edits feel like they're a little lingering a little too long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it, because you were too in love with your own work. Yes, and sometimes like, you got to kill your. Dog. I mean, like, do, like I tell you, what he is good at is uh, directing people to do those three point landings. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> the, yeah. that fucking he nailed the trope. shit out of that every time. I couldn't help but uh, think of Deadpool. You saw it. Yeah. Well, I know you love Deadpool. <laughs> but there's that scene near the end where, yeah. uh, what's is her it, name? Uh, uh, Angel Dust. Thank you. From yes. Deadpool. is uh, She's is, about to jump yeah, down from like, the top. Superhero landing, guys. Superhero. She's going to do it. Kill her on the knees, but it looks so cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah, because you're landing on one knee. Yes. You're not even using your other arm. It's kicked back. No, it is the like is the most like impractical type that of way to like, jump down. If you try yes. to land that way, it will yes. kill you. Yes. There's going to be a class action lawsuit someday by a bunch of little boys who uh, <laughs> got injured in their backyards trying to trying to mimic the three point stance. Uh, I mean, oh god, it's like so. I I I, I don't. I don't. What know. are the notes you got there? Uh, I have several of these notes. Is You've handwritten. Look at yeah. that. You put some work into this. I, I have lots of these notes. Fifteen <laughs> minutes, one page of notes. This is gonna suck. Oh yeah. Followed into the movie. Like you, you did this journal style. Yeah, and then it was like, 
there's still 50 minutes left in this film. Yeah. How the fuck is there still 50 minutes left in this film? Yeah. You know, because at, at, at an hour into the film, you catch on to the scheme of like rinse and repeat, yep. rinse and repeat Absolutely. with all these fight scenes. And so it just, oh my God, like it, <laughs> it just, oh God. And then, and then also like, like I said, there's so many like other little things that, that didn't make sense. Like, you know, it's so baby, uh, baby doll comes up with the plan to escape with all the girls, mm-hmm. but sweet pea is like the head bitch. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why I don't because know. she seems to have zero and charisma. I honestly, and I honestly don't know why I just phrased it like that. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> don't know why. Uh, but anyways, like she's the, she's the head girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apologize if anyone was offended, nah. uh, but like, so there's a, so after her sister rocket gets killed, mm-hmm. plans off. Less than five minutes later, she's like, all right, we have to do this for Rocket. It's like... Yeah, wow. Quite a turn of events. And and what happened? Why? You know, it's like, you've obviously... Because I think she says something along the lines of, like, we have to finish this because it's what Rocket would want us to do. And it's like, but why didn't you show us her, like, going through this torment and, like, doing... And, you know, and, Mm -hmm. like, coming to this conclusion. I felt the same way about the Vanessa Hudgens character. Um, uh, She's she's blondie, blondie, right? Yeah. Where she, she's she's the rat of the five, right? Yeah. Like, like uh, Carla Gugino or whatever her name is uh, gets yeah. to her uh, through through Blue through Poe Dameron mm-hmm. uh, and gets her to confess. And there's tears. And, oh, I didn't want it, but I, I have to protect them. But you don't really understand why. Like, right? There's why, what's the incentive for her right. to rat out her friends other than like she doesn't really seem like she's going to be punished beyond her her normal right. punishment. And again, this is all playing out in Inception Level One. How does this scene play out in reality? Like, what right. is going on in reality? Exactly. And, that's the, and the, the answer is, like, well, he doesn't know. It, I don't know. It's just the no. whole time. It's almost like the last season of, of Dallas, that old TV show, <laughs> yeah. where it's like, oh, the last season was all a dream in doesn't his head. Count, he was been in the hospital. Yeah, Mulligan, just yeah. JK. It's like, no, if, if you've set up this, and this is the thing we always talk about, if a film's going to set up its rules, you got to follow them. And so the yep. rules are, okay, I'm going to follow you down this rabbit hole, no pun intended, where we have multiple levels of reality and it's all existing in her head, but you got to you can't just pick and choose when you're going to reveal what's happening in reality. We need to know the entire time. Yeah. How about um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the wise man who keeps showing up. Yeah, is uh, who, what's that actor's name? I have no idea. <laughs> you're going to best know him as uh well at least I best know him mm-hmm. as a uh, stick from the new uh Daredevil uh Netflix series. Ah, yes, he is in that. Is uh that's like I know he's been around and done other films. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's got old exactly. West. Scott Glenn is his yeah. name. Okay, but if you've seen uh season 1 or 2 of Daredevil Netflix, mm-hmm. he's stick. Also in Silence of the Lambs, uh, a couple of the Bourne movies and uh, Training Day. Look at that. And then yes, uh Oh yeah, he is in Training Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the bad guy. But I like him. He he he's that must have been a fun role for him because he probably had to work like 2 days. Right. Uh, shoot all my shit on and, green screen. And that's the only thing that that I feel like they really kind of got right because it was oh, like yeah? because it was like this is the over this is the guy the wise man is the guy that ties all these stories together. Yeah. The problem is you're mainly only doing this in Inception level 2 which is the easiest storyline to to do because it cuz while like those fight scenes are about, you know, maybe like 10 minutes long mm-hmm. a piece, mm-hmm. it's for the first like 2 or 3 minutes you're setting up a very flimsy like here's what's going on. Yeah. And so that's what made it I believe that's what made it so easy for them to write him in is because it's like 
these scenes that he's in, they aren't complex. No. Is he's literally like yes. like have you if you've ever seen like a war movie, Platoon, or like yeah. in anything. He's the general. Is you always have that one scene where it's like, all right, guys, here, man. This this is the mission parameters. Yep. And that's all he does in in these yes. scenes. It's, and it's it's kind of a it's it's a cop out. It's kind of a cheap way to. Right. Here's how we're going to quickly tell the audience what the scenario right. is. And I'm fine that it's in a dream sequence and and that he's playing this same right. wise man role throughout. Right. But I and I believe that's why the th- the Inception level two scenes <laughs> were were you know actually had a flowing story arc because they were very simple and it seemed like Snyder was like oh I can even do this yeah, and, you yeah. know and that's why he didn't edit it like the way you're talking about how Chicago edited mm-hmm. you know Going is back and forth is like from reality. He, is, I don't think he had the capability of like okay wait so this is gonna happen and then we got to transition to this right. like it's a map I don't I don't I think have to capture a map there's a map I can show them chasing after the map right. getting map the right end. game you over. know is like is I don't think you know, and that could have helped. This is an hour fifty movie, yeah. And by doing the edits that the way you're talking about, mm-hmm. you could have easily shaved off, you know, yeah, what twenty if, minutes. What if it were a three step process? If you yeah. just needed the key and the map and fire or something, or yeah. the knife and get, get rid of one of them, yeah. Although still, now we're just like lipstick on a pig because uh, there's again, like I said, the concept isn't too bad. Like I like the idea. I like doing. Uh, uh, kind of fooling the audience a little bit and and telling a story, but telling it through metaphor, mm-hmm. and that way you get your visual interest in there. You get to tell it. You can, you can do a fine action movie um, or or something that's that's visually appealing that's telling a deeper story. I'd tell you a movie that you know. Well, obviously Scott Pilgrim comes to mind. That's using mm-hmm. metaphor all throughout it. But uh, Life of Pi. Did you see Life of Pi? No. That's I I can't really talk about it then without giving too much away. But you do. at this film, point, I'm, well, I'm out of. I, no, no, no. I also don't. It's nicely done because. So are you saying he's really not in a boat with the tiger? No, he. Well, uh, he yes, is, he is, is that and a he metaphor? isn't. He is and he isn't. But oh, okay, you I'm find done out with later this movie. on. No, it's really good because it's well done, and and he's again he saves the the reveal till the end, but it means something deeper, and and he does it in a way that's logical and makes sense, um, and and. That is a better version of of this film, unfortunately. But so, what what frustrates me about the wise man is, uh, yes, I, I'm, he only lives in that level in this fantasy world, right? Mm-hmm. He's the guy who tells you, "All right, so we're after the knife. It's been this bunker. You got to chase this guy down. You got to kill the zombies and be careful." That's fine. I like it. And then he always ends with some sort of like platitude that I feel like they they opened a Zig Ziglar book like just to a random page and put their finger down and like, oh, this, oh, uh, if you stand for nothing, then you'll fall for anything. Like he says that in one of the fantasies. Yeah. And the other one, he's like, don't write a check with your mouth that you can't check cash with your ass or however it goes. And it's like- Top Gun did that these, way better. These mean nothing to the yeah. story at hand. You're yes. just trying to make this guy say cool things because right. he's a cool guy, right? Okay, so he only exists in her mind, so mm-hmm. we're to think, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the end, Jeff, did you uh, tell me if this scene was in yours? Because I have a feeling that I watched the director's cut, and you may have seen another version that I did not. Okay. Um, but in the end, after Sweet Pea has escaped, spoiler alert, uh, Baby Doll kind of sacrifices herself so that right. Sweet Pea can escape, even though she. But this is in Inception Level 1 it's still. It's Inception Level 1, exactly. Although I guess we're to believe that she was also in the insane. By the way, I gotta get to this insane asylum with nothing but like hot chicks. Yeah, who can also dance. Yeah, well, no. I mean, in, no, yes, All not in reality, but still, they they have dancers' bodies. I guess I should say. Right. Um. So, cut to the end of the movie. 
we're to believe, or we actually see that Baby Doll helps Sweet Pea escape, right, from the insane asylum. I guess because we're led to believe that the wise man's only in Inception level number two. Mm. We never actually see Sweet Pea escape in reality. We only see her escape in Inception level one. We, although we do see a shot after everything near the end of the movie where she's like pulling some clothes off of a clothesline. She's still in her in her asylum uh, okay. outfit. So. We do see her outside. We, you're right. We don't see the actual escape, but we see her outside of the asylum in okay. what we're to believe is reality. reality. Even though the way that Zack Snyder shoots things, everything looks so painted. Everything everything is touched up mm-hmm. and hyper real. It's hard to tell what's supposed to be a dream. Like, like, all of his movies just look like Batman versus Superman looks like one big dream sequence, basically. Yeah. Which is also confusing. It, oh, man. I'm trying so hard not to go off on a tangent about the dream sequences in Batman versus <laughs> Superman. Why are they there? How they muddy we'll the water. We'll talk about them after the They're show. They're unnecessary. Uh, just listen to your My Comic Life because you, you said it beautifully. Um, Thanks. So, so now the story, we're at the very end of Sucker Punch. We're following Sweet Pea, and she's trying to get a, a bus out of town, right? Mm-hmm. Pulls up bus, and a co- before she gets on, there's a couple of cops who are like, excuse us, ma'am, can we talk to you for a couple seconds? And then we hear a voice. And he's like, oh, no, she's been on this bus the whole ride. And yeah. we see, and it's the wise man. Yeah. Who apparently. I did see that copy. So Okay, all right. Okay. So he exists for real. But has no interaction with anybody. This is the first time we've seen him outside of any reality. Yeah, we only see him in Inception Level 2. Right. And then at the very end, he's the bus driver, which Iowa thought was like, like, I really thought that was like still like Inception level one. Like I thought that's th- the problem. I, I thought because the way this is edited is like you can't because like you see you see at the end that mm-hmm. like the lobotomy is over mm-hmm. and you find out like okay blue the orderly did forge all this stuff yeah and so you know you get that uh, you know in reality he gets his uh you know justice is served to him mm-hmm. but then you're still but then the way that it's shot and I was, I, like, because like it ends with like her, uh, with a uh, baby doll mm-hmm. in a uh, in her uh, room in mm-hmm. the hospital, and she's sitting there quietly with a smile on her face, and then it cuts to this scene where Sweet Pea is outside. So I was led to believe that like oh na- you thought that, that was still in her mind that, that that was like okay so now she now now baby doll is actually lobotomized, <laughs> and she's in now what they're calling paradise yeah. because even. Even as the bus was driving off, mm-hmm. it had a sign that said something about like like now leaving paradise or like welcome to paradise, like right. one of those two things. But that's so I was led to believe that like the way this movie ended, she was back into Inception level one, and In- okay, I, I had not interpreted that. But that's again, how I interpreted it. But again, this shouldn't be open to interpretation. Like this right. isn't like the spinning top at the end of Inception. Exactly. This is we the audience needs to know through some sort of visual right. cues where we are in reality. Yes. And if he's trying to pull a fast one on us, that's fine. But you again, you, you haven't set up your own rules. You haven't followed them, or you have set them up. You haven't followed them. We mm. don't know where we are, and and I don't know if if. This is supposed to be happening in reality. Yeah. It's the same thing. I'm going to go back to Batman versus Superman. Because the very beginning of that movie, when we're with Batman, we're seeing his parents get killed again for like the 30th time. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But we can do a Batman movie where we don't explain that his parents were killed as he's a kid. No, but we have to set up that his mom's name is Martha because that plays into, like, that's the huge plot point. That 
Okay. What? Your mom's name is Martha? Oh my, my mom's God. name oh is my Martha. God. Okay, so then, We're BFFs so, now. So, so then if, you, if, if you're doing that as a big plot point <laughs> and you want to do it like Christopher Nolan does, uh-huh. then why the fuck in that final, uh, in that battle scene, were they cutting back to a slow pan up of her tombstone that said Martha Wayne? It's like, well, like if you wanted the audience, if you know, like why are you force feeding this? Like, th- you know, it's like. That's see. That's the difference between Nolan and Snyder. Mm-hmm. Nolan would have done the opening and just been like, "Okay, her name's Martha," right? And then during that scene, would have expected the audience to remember that, mm-hmm. and wouldn't have done that cut. Whereas Snyder had to cut in like the slow zoom in onto the tombstone right. and reveal Martha, because uh, like Snyder had to like hand feed it to exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. Beat but, you over the but the problem is. He kind of needed to because That's I the thing. because I missed that at the beginning because during the open credits scene mm-hmm. I missed that her name was Martha Wayne uh. and because I was so just like oh my god why are they because exp- in my head I was, <laughs> was like, I was I was just like. I was in, yes. I was just going over like why are they showing his parents getting killed? Also distracting is uh, when the bats, after he's fallen into the cave, begin to levitate him out, and he no, Joel, he, that he, was a metaphor. <laughs> that was a metaphor. Sam fucking like tried to. He's like Jeff, that didn't really happen. He's like, oh no. Oh, there's a I, lot of Christ-like I, I, imagery I, I, in that I movie. I get that. I get that. That was a metaphor. It was just done really shit. It was done bad because I'm I'm in the theater and people are and starting also, to chuckle. It was way too close because it was way too close of what happened in uh, Batman Begins. Yeah, I know, and and and. I think it's a it's a greater fault of Snyder that he can't separate what's being used as a metaphor and what's re- like for all we know at the beginning of Batman versus Superman everything you're showing is a flashback so we're supposed to believe that and it's not until that voiceover of uh, Ben Affleck Bat Affleck <laughs> comes in and says you know I some I sometimes dream that the bats whatever the fuck he says but he he basically tells us that no he was dreaming that the bats lifted him out and that it didn't actually yeah. happen but the f- fact that the audience doesn't know that. And for a split second, thinks we're supposed to believe that you think we're supposed to believe that like bats lifted him out of the cave. You've you've already taken us out. It already shows you don't kind of have a, a mastery of of storytelling at its at its basic no, level. No, it, it was also it also just was like Nolan was like, hey, I did this in my movie. Um, you need a couple, add a couple minutes. Okay, yeah, <laughs> just take this part. They might as well just use the same footage. No, like, we already shit. shot it once. Let's no just save it. shit. Like they could have done something to save that budget. Uh, uh, so one more issue I have with with Zack Snyder and his style of filmmaking, and, and specifically with this video, with Sucker Punch, uh, video, okay. with this film, yeah, with Sucker Punch. <laughs> I know we keep uh, <laughs> with as many lo- movies as we've been bouncing <laughs> no. around. We need to specify now which one we're talking our, about. Our episode, this episode, is its own inception. Yeah, no, we're talking shit. about movies within movies. Um, but he, the way that he films the girls, and obviously he's cast these girls based on their look and not so much their acting ability. Maybe Emily Browning. Emily Browning doesn't get to s- she doesn't get to speak until the 25 minute mark. She she's who plays baby doll. Right. Um and then when she does like we don't learn much about that character other than that she's just a she's a victim basically. Mm. This movie is not a a a woman's lib uh <laughs> fantasy. It's a little boy's fantasy. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Is like is he He's trying to set up that it is a, a movie, a, a, a movie where women are kicking ass, which they do in those fight sequences. Yes, they definitely do kick ass. But and like hats off to them for all the stunts and all that. 
But the thing is, is I think you're about to go to the same mm-hmm. place, so so go there. Uh, I'm, yes, they're kicking ass, but they're kicking ass while wearing skimpy outfits yeah. and just yeah. heaving breasts. And I am I am inti- intimately familiar with what Emily Browning's belly button looks like after yep. watching this film because yep. it's all just bare midriff uh-huh. and, and boobs and, and and it's like, hey man, yeah, not so much upward angles. All right, <laughs> man. Like let's just you know like it's either upward shot or like downward shot overhead yes. it's just like head on all right man that's okay <laughs> eyes up here buddy yeah that, 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 that that's a technique of, of filming you can do too well Zack Schneider in, in an interview uh, is on record as saying uh, he said one interpretation of the film is that it's a critique on geek culture sexism and objectification of women Okay, dude. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. You yeah. can't say that what you're you're making a fuck? comment on these expo- exploitation type of films and the way that they're shot. You're doing you're and, doing exactly what you're saying and, here. And the reason why he's doing that is because he's saying, "Oh, it's a statement about about how women are portrayayed in comics and in, in Ooh, this fantasy." Yeah. What's the statement? Okay, yeah, that it happens. And, and we also, know that. And you're also, just, then, like, if that's part of your film statement, why isn't that somewhere in the storyline? You know, is like yeah. is like while it's very obvious that these women are being you know forced into prostitution in this brothel, it's like there's no like you know like moment where it's like no, let's all rally together like a, a big like empowerment moment. Right. You know, is like there's no there's none of that. Yeah, so baby doll is the only one that actually shows any like everything else. Uh, like uh, Vanessa Hudgens right. gives up but, her friends, but, but there's no conversations about like you know like women's rights or anything like that. <laughs> so and then you're like, well, this was a statement about women's rights, and it's like by showing them in the stereotypical male fashion, because like because you can do that. There's a, oh absolutely you can do that. It's called parody, exactly. Is you know it, and and you over sexualize it mm-hmm. and you yeah. But parodies th- this where you is, do it. This is this on the is Michael Bay side of the way you're you're photographing film, yes. where you're just doing it. You're you're, you're trying to titillize. Yeah, there's no larger statement about uh, objectionism that you're trying to make. Let's no. let's let's call a spade a spade. Be yep. honest with yourself. Yeah, don't try to. And that's the thing with, with Zack Snyder. I feel like he thinks this movie is a lot more clever than it actually is. Nope. And that he's saying something, and it's like, uh, no, no, I'm you, sorry, no, is like. Maybe if you had a better story and you could have written that into the script more, yeah. then maybe yes you can make that comment. But, but I mean but the fact that you're that you're 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 over sexualizing these women in their costumes and then saying, Well that's that's mm-hmm. a statement on how they're viewed in this sect of society, it's like well, but there's no conversation <laughs> in the film to lead because, like, if there's a part, a conversation of like, you know, like, uh, oh, they dress us up and it's right. all over sexualized, and then they go and then you see them over sexualized, like, okay, see, this is how they're seen. I don't even, I don't even need it to be that literal. Yeah. Like, it's a, you can make a statement by you know using the, the art of film and 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 showing instead right. of telling. That's fine, but I just don't, I don't see what message you're trying to portray there. And it right. seems like that's your that's your excuse that you're gonna tell a reporter when they complain that your actresses are just running around in skimpy outfits. Yeah, which I can't really complain about. Well, no, I that's mean, because we're guys. And I know, I know. That but is. Uh, but I I will sit here and say that I did enjoy aspects of this film as a male. I don't feel like right because this film touches on everything. Th- it's a little boy's th- fantasy. Yeah, yeah. is. Action sequences, guns, over, over the top action sequences, like zombies out of there, and then Lots. hot girls and, and skimpy yeah. outfits. And that's fine. You can do that, but don't lie about it. Yeah. Just be upfront. Yeah. And uh, I still enjoyed that. But it yeah. doesn't mean I think it's right. Right. But there's, a, there's a time and a place. 
Right. Sex- sexuality is a healthy thing, Jeff. <laughs> it I, is. I don't know why I'm directing that comment. At I you. don't know either. Um, Make me a little so, uncomfortable. You got anything else to say about this film? Uh, no. All right. Well, let's get down to the brass tacks here and let's talk about what it did right, Jeff. Uh, the action scene. Uh, I, I have to say sure. the, the action sequence just because when there is no dialogue mm-hmm. and it is just them fighting, you're just like, okay, this is done well. Looks like great. You know, is you obviously can, he can, he has a good, uh, I guess, it, I guess it would be the stunt choreographer's job oh, to, yeah. to act, to be like, here's how the fight's going to take place. Yeah, do the blocking. And right. The, mm-hmm. So whoever he has that works with him, that does that, that's who you need to keep around. Because that was the best part of this film. Yeah. You know, is so, yeah, for me, it was those fight sequences. And when I'm, and I don't mean the beginning or the end of the fight sequences. I mean, like, where there's no dialogue. (laughs) And it's just like, you can just sit back and be like, look at the cinematography, look at how it's shot. Mm -hmm. And like, you're, yeah, that that was the best. Agree, agree. Uh, I'll agree with that point, but I'll 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 take it a step further. Uh, I actually liked Oscar Isaac in this film. Uh, All the other actors are. I don't want to say phoning it in. I just don't think they were directed very well. But even you can't keep a guy like Poe Dameron down, yeah, uh, because he's acting his ass off here. He he. If anything's funny in this film, he has a couple of funny moments because he just right. has to be this this uh, brooding, overbearing uh, bully, basically mm-hmm. uh, slash rapist. Um, and he gets his comeuppance at the end. And you you he's a good villain that you like to hate. Um, and at least this film had that. Yeah. So Oscar Isaac was what I think it did wrong or right. Okay. Uh, what about what it did wrong, Joe? Is uh, also the fight sequences mm-hmm. with the copy and paint. <laughs> Same thing. Well, it could because like yeah. because the intro, like I said earlier, is like okay, you're gonna play the song, then go to other music, and then when the, they're gonna bring this music back in, copy and paste all the fight sequences. Fight sequences were like that. That and then just also like you didn't pay attention to detail. Is is you have a lot of things where, like you said, if you're going to set up rules in your universe, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to accept those as these are the rules of this reality, gotta follow them. Then you got to follow them yourself. Exactly. And they and they did not do that. And, I agree. And also, just bad storytelling. Yeah, it's bad storytelling. Editing. And uh, and f- what I think it did wrong is it's it's boring. Like uh, it's it's hard to say that a movie like this. Like I thought of everything going into it. I was like, all right, that's gonna. I'm I'm sure it's gonna suck because it's of uh, its Rotten Tomatoes score. And say what you will about Rotten Tomatoes, but twenty three percent. I do find myself agreeing with them more often than not. And yep. even the audience. Like sometimes you'll get one of those where critics hated it, but the audience have it like at seventy four. Uh, BVS critic score is twenty three. Like uh, what's audience? Audience score is last I checked, it was like low eighties. What? Yeah. No. Interesting. Yeah. Is so. So it's really just us critics and nerds who don't like Batman versus Superman. I guess that's that's weird, man. That's tough because I've talked to some people. Well, I mean, my girlfriend and Jason's wife Mm. are 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 the exact audience who's like didn't know anything about the characters, wanted to be entertained, and weren't. Is so it's surprising to me. Uh, critic score on Rotten Tomato for Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. twenty nine and audience audience uh, is now seventy one. Interesting. All right, well, it's gone down a little bit, but yeah. still, that's <laughs> much higher than some films yeah. that have lower ratings that I feel yeah. like shouldn't. I have a feeling that 
equilibrium is going to set in, and that's going to balance out a little bit after yeah. time. I think that's a lot of people who are gaming the system, a lot of apologists who right. wanted this to be a good film. We saw the same thing happen with the prequels. I think episode one, when it came out, had similar. Uh, but yeah. history has not been kind to that movie, nor right. will it be kind to Batman versus Superman. But we're still talking about Sucker Punch, so let's yeah. wrap this up. Uh, yeah, it, did, it was boring, I think. That's what it did wrong. It's hard to imagine because you're hoping at least you can get some eye candy out of this and enjoy those act- That's the part I thought I was going to enjoy the most, and I ended up enjoying at least because it repetitive. Ultimately, there were no stakes. didn't mean anything in the end, and I just wanted them to be over so we could mm-hmm. move forward with what little story you had to tell. Yeah. Uh, how about a recast? Were you able to recast this film? Yeah. Yep. How many do you have here? I, I have one. the five girls and mm-hmm. then one, two, three, four of Ooh, the supporting. I think I did the exact same thing. Hey, since Joe never lets me ping pong. Well, but so here's the deal. is Oh, you got a theme? I got a theme for the fire girls. All right, that's so, fine. That's fine. So, well, I'll let you go first. Then. Okay. I'll get your theme. So starting off is uh, first the wise man mm-hmm. recasting, bringing him back from the dead, David Carradine. Oh my God, he looks like David Carradine, yeah. doesn't he? Yes. I thought for a second there, I was like, "Did was is this his last film?" And I just wasn't aware. Of yeah, it. no. So uh, David uh, Carradine Good as the wise man, uh, <laughs> the Doctor, uh, John Hamm's character, yep. Don Draper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is uh, just because I think he might need the work is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. <gasps> Ooh, interesting as the Doctor. I just uh, right. you know I, I like just, it. I think he can. Yep. Uh, Blue. Uh, yeah. Poe Dameron, Os- Oscar Isaac. Just because even. Patrick uh, Crenshaw. You know who he is? No. He is blue from old school because oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just went with the name. Because every time they would say blue, I just kept being like, "You're my boy. Blue, you're my boy." So like, I just, <laughs> I just like the fact that this guy's name was Blue. I just couldn't get old school out of my head. So it's I was, good. so I just went deep on IMDb. It was like, it's good. "Who the fuck played Blue?" And I like it. So uh, yeah, Patrick uh, Crenshaw, Blue. From old school playing blue in Sucker Punch. Nicely done. Uh, Dr. Vera Gorski, mm-hmm. uh, Carla Gunino. Yeah, where, yeah something. Uh, her character played by uh, Kimberly Williams uh, Paisley. Who? She. she mm-hmm. And the reason why is because I always get these two actresses mixed up. So I was okay. like, all right. Uh, she was the daughter and father of the bride. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Oh, she's great. I don't know what else she's done. But do you think she can affect a Russian accent? And uh, Did that bother you, by the way, that, that Carla Gugino no. or whatever was doing that? No. N- uh, Natasha from, uh, from Rocky and Bullwinkle? It, no, is it, it didn't. Uh, I never saw the Rocky and Bullwinkle. Okay. I was more surprised of like, oh, she's doing a Zack Snyder film where she's not getting in her underwear. Well, <laughs> because he has five hotter actresses who are getting in their underwear. Yeah, so that is very true. She's retiring from that. All right, so for uh, for um, the five ladies mm-hmm. is, I did go with the theme. Wait, didn't do the high roller? Didn't do a, oh, no, oh yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah. yeah uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. Gotcha. So, so playing the role mm-hmm. of, um, I'm, I'm going to go out of order because I'm going to try to see if you can figure this out. All right, I'm still off. Okay, so playing the role of baby doll, yeah, I'm going with uh, mm. Emma uh, Bunton. Okay, all right. I'm not familiar with that name. All right, these other ones should give it away. All right, in the role of Blondie, uh-huh. going with Mel B. Oh, <laughs> all right, continue. Uh, Amber, mm-hmm. going with uh, Melanie C. Mel C. Gotcha. <laughs> all right, well, you don't have to tell me. Uh, Rocket. We're going with uh, Jerry uh, Hallowell. That's right. Yeah, I like that. And then finally, uh, w- with uh, posh, with uh, who's who's left? Uh, posh. No, Sweet Pea. Oh yeah, yeah. 
We're going with Victoria Beckham. Fucking Posh Spice. That's posh right. The fucking Spice Girls. <laughs> so Dude. the Spice Girls are the sucker punch Oh my girls. God. That's perfect because, yeah, the one who looks like a baby, or isn't she baby? She's Baby Spice, yeah, right? Yeah, Emma Burton's Baby Spice. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. is yeah. Dude, that's great. Yeah, so Spice uh, Girls as, because, you know, this yeah, movie's pretty much already a fucking comedy. <laughs> All right. Like, I mean, not that anything is really funny in there, but just like the overall concept. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say the, the Spice World movie, actually, better than Sucker Bunch. Uh, that's right. I said it. No, they're th- Rotten Tomato, they're the same. Are they really? Yeah, it is Rotten Tomato. <laughs> they're both at 29, although uh-huh. Metacritic score... Uh, su- Sucker Punch is at 33 while Spotswell is at 32. Oh, so slowly edging it out. Yeah. Uh, all this mm-hmm. directed by Michael Bay. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, well, I'm not going to bury the lead because I also chose Michael <laughs> Bay to direct this. Because uh, who the fuck yes. else does over the... T- you could go with, mm-hmm. like, John Woo, but... Well, like, here's what I would I say. I don't think he's done anything I think in a while. Z- I think Zack Snyder is the poor man's Michael Bay, because Michael That's Bay really good point. can make a great-looking, uses knows how to use special effects, uh, often gets panned for his films, but he's got a couple of good ones under his belt, and he understands character. I mean, say what you want about Armageddon, about its length, about uh, how implausible it is, but you like those guys, and when one of them died, you were like, oh, man, okay. they now, got rid of Luke Wilson. Now defend Transformers 4. <laughs> um, let's see. Which one is that? That's is the it, one with that's Mark, the Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg one? Yeah. Oh, I'm that's scientist. That's just a money grab, dude. Yeah. At, at this point, he's like, Oh no, he flat out has said he's like, yeah. I don't give a shit what people say. If the studio <laughs> keeps greenlighting <laughs> mm-hmm. them and they keep making money, I'm gonna keep sure. making them. Yeah. Like he has been on record of like, I don't give a fuck what you guys that's, say about yeah. my films. Good. Because you're still going to see him. I'll give the Transformers a pass a little bit. They're still not great films, but he's not trying to do anything more than than what he is. But when he does. Uh, Pearl Harbor's a piece of shit But uh, <laughs> The Island You ever seen The Island With Ewan McGregor And uh, ScarJo No right yeah. See that's his Least known film But his best one In my opinion It came I out don't... right after I believe it was right after He did Armageddon But before he got into The Transformers universe No, I know I don't Check know. it out man The Island It's actually pretty good It's got something I th- to say and Whenever I think about Like an island I just think of like The beach It's like that's when Not the one with Leo DiCaprio Where he turns into A video yeah. game yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, no, it's not bad. I don't know. Danny I gotta, Boyle? I got to go back and rewatch that one. <laughs> so that's funny. We both picked Michael Bay yeah. as director. Well, my recast, a little bit different than yours. I did not go the Spice World route. Uh, with my, my high roller, my Don Draper uh, lobotomist, mm-hmm. I actually uh, I actually went Nicolas Cage. Because oh, I wanted yep. to see somebody. I, I think he could kind of fit in that world, and uh, you could see him sticking a, a sharp needle through your eye. Yes. The wise man... Um, the oh I can't remember the actual Scott Glenn I think is the actor's name. Why not? Who you recast as uh, uh, David Carradine? I went that direction too. I, somebody who also looks like David Carradine is uh, Lance Henriksen, who you might know from uh, the first Alien movie. Oh okay, he's the older guy. Um, he's he's kind of a, a C movie actor now. I gotcha. Not even sure if he's alive anymore, but <laughs> goddamn that guy looks just like him. So Lance Henriksen is my wise man. Doctor Vera Gorska, looking for Mushinskvel. Um, played by how about I talked about her earlier, Gina Carano, Angel Dust from the Deadpool oh, okay. movie. Yeah, kind of has that look and feel. Uh, she's already doing kind of an accent in there, isn't she? No, she doing an accent in that movie. Uh, Does she even talk in that movie? No, I don't think she's doing an accent. No, I was just looking up the Spanish. I, I, I think the I think um, Colossus <laughs> is <laughs> maybe my Colossus accent is bleeding in. Yeah, I, I think so because <laughs> like because just my favorite scenes uh-huh. with those two characters are when they're together fighting at the end. Yes, so it's just like. 
wait, were they both Russian? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I just, I'll have to. No, I it, think I'm wrong. It's also been, you know, I haven't seen it since. But she can pick up theater. what she learned from Colossus. Yeah. In uh, doing a Russian accent. Right. My Blue, who was played by Eric, uh, Eric, Oscar <laughs> Isaac, um, you did Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, your recast. As as the doctor. Mm, I'm actually going to use him as oh. the role of Blue because oh. uh, he's kind of got that look. He can be menacing when he wants to be, but he's you. still kind of built. He's a he's a physical presence. You can feel uh, he, he's imposing in that in that way. Okay. Uh, so they're my non-girl, uh, All right. with the exception of the doctor there. So here's our top five then. I'm just going to go through them. So Amber. Uh, I thought that actress looked like Iggy Azalea. You know who that is? Yeah. The pop star? Yeah. Kind of cross-eyed-looking Australian chick who thinks she's black. Is she, is she albino? I don't, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Like, I mean, like... She is, if you know how every now and then they'll do like a composite, like they'll, you know, we yes. we took all different races yeah. and then we took them into Photoshop and we composited them and here's what the master race would look like. And then kind of what Azalea looks like. No, she has like no pigment. <laughs> like, no, yeah, she doesn't at all. She, I mean, she's like, like purple. Yeah, like she... Yeah, any tan you ever yep. see her with, that yep. is fake. But Not even, like, uh, tanning bed. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, she looks good in skin-tight clothing, so she can she can be in this movie. All right, so she's Amber. Blondie. Okay. I went with Emma Watson, Hermione, from mm. the uh, Harry Potter movie, just because I think she's great, and I'd like to see her kick some ass again. Yeah. Uh, and she's in my fantasies. Uh, Sweet Pea, the next one. Uh, I like uh, I like Brie Larson in that role. She's a, she's a great actress. She was in uh, Scott Pilgrim, but also the... Uh, critically acclaimed Room that was nominated for Oscar this year. Haven't seen that one. I haven't yet either. I oh. rented it, ripped it, and have yet to watch it. All, all I've heard about is like, oh, it's a good movie. It's sad. Yeah. But it's good. I heard it's a downer, and then the other thing that everybody says is, I can't tell you anything about it without yeah. giving anything away. And it's just so like, it's like, well, that's, that's hard. Yeah. I'm sure I'll like it, but it keeps getting pushed down my Netflix queue. Yeah. Uh, Rockets, who was played by, uh, what is her name? Oh... I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, Jenna Malone. I, I she was Jenna Malone from The Hunger Games um, in this film. In my film, how about Elizabeth Olsen, who was Scarlet Witch oh. from uh, the recent Avengers movie and also yeah. from the Godzilla reboot from a couple years yeah. back. Right? She's, yeah. She's a great actress and kind of has that look. And they will all be supporting my baby doll, who I'm surprised you didn't go this route because I think she kind of looks like her. She looks like the low-rent Amelia Clark. From Game of Thrones. What about uh, her as your baby doll? Come on, she's kind of short and stocky. Can't you picture her with the uh, the blonde pigtails yeah. running around in a little bare midriff, little anime outfit? I, yeah, I guess. I mean, wow. I, I also just, I also, I don't know. I think I just see Amelia Clark now as just also like a badass. That would be like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't need to do this film. Yeah, yeah, but she can play the victim well. But you know, she, she, can, oh, and dude, she definitely. Use, like, mm-hmm. if you've seen Game of Thrones, you definitely know. I've she seen can enough play to know that, that she gets she, naked a lot. And uh, no, not, a, not after the first season. After the first, oh, so all those clips came from the first season. First, I believe, I believe it was yeah, uh, it was first or second season. After I know it was the very beginning. Nah. Is like well, good. She was like. Like, cause I think I think what it was, I, if I remember correctly, I know we talked about this on one of the My Comic Life episodes. Mm-hmm. Is like, I think it was like her dad was like, I can't watch your show because I can't oh. watch my little girls like you know like oh. being naked. Yeah, and so like I think so. But at that point, the show had already become a hit where she's like, yeah. all right, I got this. Contract renegotiations. Well, good, because she's an accomplished, act, accomplished actress. Doesn't need to do Still that. Still go back to season one and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's a supercut on YouTube oh. or something. You don't even need to yeah. watch that if that's what you're trying to get. Yeah. And if you, the listener, have any thoughts about Sucker Punch, if you agree with us, if you disagree, you can always sound off on our Facebook page. Just go into Facebook, go into the search bar, and uh, type in The Editing Bay or Editing Bay or any variation of 
And when you see that uh, our icon, the lady with the bleeding eyes, as Joe likes to say, um, that is our page. Um, and so we'll always post updates there. Please talk back if you have any recommendations on how you would have recast it or uh, recommendations for other films that we should talk about on the editing bay. We don't know what we're doing next week, um, but uh, Joe and or myself, or one of us hopefully, will return for another episode. I get the impression that like people think we're having a, a feud outside of outside of life. Like I, We had some sort of contract renegotiation. I'm like, I'm only going to do episodes where Joe's not on there. <laughs> Jeff, you're going to have to be the glue that holds, but it could not be further from the truth. Um, it's just bad timing, and yep. I've been working a lot of weekends. Yeah, I do. I know how it goes. I know how, you know it, goes. how it is. Uh, so nothing to announce for you next weekend. However, um, if you like us on Facebook, uh, please like us and also follow our Twitter handle. That is at the Editing Bay is our Twitter handle. Follow it there. We also have uh, the Twitter handle of uh, George's Goiter, which Joe controls. I don't know that we've done anything. No, but less, less. No, I don't think yes. It sure would be funny if we uh, just had a lot of followers for an account that never tweeted. Uh, also, uh, we have a website which is editingbay.com, and uh, it's it's the uh, the it's the triumvirate between the Facebook mm-hmm. and the Twitter and the and the, the website. So please bookmark that, check it out. Um, we'll always have our, our episodes posted there, or at least links to uh, the nextwave-radio.com website where all of our our prior episodes live. Because I guess iTunes has decided to yeah is so only stop the episode one well yeah only the uh, hundred most recent episodes are on wow. iTunes hard to believe we've done that many we've only been doing it for like almost three years now it is we are coming up uh, yeah. third birthday in so, July or something uh, mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> Dude, at this point <laughs> something time, like that this is all running together uh, yeah but no so you can go to uh, nextwave-radio.com and all the episodes for uh, for that in Bay are up there and I believe. I believe I took I went back and made it to where you could download all the old ones. <gasps> oh, thank you. Because Squarespace didn't offer that at first, mm. like where you could download directly from the website, yep. just like the MP3. Oh, you had to play them through there, didn't you? But but now they do oh, allow good. that. And I think I went through and I got them all, but uh, don't quote me. <laughs> like, you too but, can amass your own yeah, library of yeah, past yeah. Editing Bay yes. episodes. So, so yes. Well, uh, as long as you're on nextwave-radio.com, uh, you can check out our other um, podcasts we have on the network. Joe, uh, Joe, <laughs> see, I've done it already. Jeff, what what are other shows? Uh, there? Well, we got the guys from uh, MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took this week off because WrestleMania is in Dallas. Uh, they're so, living the, the so, dream. So uh, I I don't know about Danny, but I know Matt is going to WrestleMania with Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I can't remember if Danny said he was going or not. Uh, but so um so they'll be back next week oh. and it's going to be a big the recap. Stories they'll have. Yeah, uh so it'll be a big recap cuz I I don't I think this is like the first one that Matt is Matter Joe's first time like actually going to WrestleMania. Really yeah. interesting. It's like I believe, I believe. But so they'll definitely be uh d- recapping uh, WrestleMania next week. Mm-hmm. Uh and then uh the show that Sam and I do, My Comic Life. Yes. Uh we talk about comic books and pop culture. Uh, what you got coming up this week? I have no idea because <laughs> I do my show prep while you guys record oh. the show. <laughs> so I'm monopolizing so your time. So I have had no time to do show prep. So well, please no more I, Batman versus Superman talk. Can no, you promise me that? I I, I can't. I, I can't. You're going to go one way. You just reneged. Like, well, just because like I can just see us like how you and I kind of yes, naturally went off lots on it. Lots to say. I could see that popping up on next week's. All right, but fair enough. We, it, the, it, I can guarantee you this. 
the entire episode uh, will not be dedicated to Batman vs Superman. Oh, one thing we'll be doing mm-hmm. is uh, it's the f- it'll be our first uh, episode of the month, so we go over everything that's uh, coming to Netflix in <gasps> April. Oh, that's right. I miss when you guys do so, that. So yeah, so every uh, the first uh, our shows are posted every Wednesday. So the first sh- uh, show of the month. We go over what's co- oh, what's new to Netflix. Nice. So if you want to add some new movies to your queue, you just want to see what. Uh, yeah. Don't old... don't Google it. Listen to us. All right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> don't fucking Google. Yeah. A lot it. of people do list, but it's a lot better to to hear it that yeah. way in audio form. And if you're driving, and we don't so do the entire list, do just the like spotlight. The good ah. Shit. So you'll you'll uh, you'll separate the wheat from the chaff, as they say. Yeah. Because like no one gives a fuck that like Garfield Five's hitting Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's actually one. There probably is if there what isn't is one already. Me? Netflix. Uh, so we'll hear all about that on this recent episode of My Comic Life. Um, yes. So thank you for doing that, and uh, please go to their website, go to their uh, go to their Facebook page, like them, subscribe on iTunes, and while you're there, please uh, give us a rating if you don't mind, five star rating, and uh, write a little blurb. Tell us what we uh, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. I even appreciate the ones that are that are negative. We yeah. had that subscriber who. Uh, just had enough of us one day and decided <laughs> yeah. to uh, read a little diatribe about uh, his grievances, which we then read on the air. Yeah. And uh, if your friends are non-iOS oh, uh, yes. user, mm-hmm. yeah, iOS, because yeah. I, I use a program at work called OSI, so I always get now. That like, is confusing. Now dyslexia is kicking it. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, if you do not have an Apple device mm-hmm. and you don't want to download each individual episode from the website, you can go to Podcast Republic podcast addict those apps actually search the itunes store nice you can subscribe through uh to the shows uh through that app you cannot rate and comment on the show mm. but you know what it still helps us out if you subscribe because yeah. that still counts as a subscription and if you have a windows phone uh get a new phone <laughs> yes they will not be supported much longer <laughs> no i'm surprised Blackberry. Still I was just going to say, do not trade it in for a Blackberry because that's no. Did you just hear what happened? A lateral move. No. Is uh Facebook's like, hey Blackberry, we're done. Oh, they're not going to support the app anymore. No, nope. pulling it. Yep. Uh, it's probably a safe, safe. Thing. <laughs> yeah, I was about if to you're say. You're still using one. You're you're not concerned about technology, and you probably don't even listen to podcasts no, I, or use Facebook. I was actually reading the story today at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the entire, uh, it was either the f- fourth quarter of last year or the first quarter of this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how quarters are broken up. I know it's four months <laughs> periods, but I don't know when they start. Anyways, there was a quarter uh-huh. where BlackBerry for the entire quarter sold less BlackBerry phones than Apple sold in one day. I, I mean, that's even surprising that any BlackBerry phones are being sold. Like, I oh, didn't no. even know it was still an option. Oh, no. They're like, like way down. You know who's picking them up? Those like the government I, where, yeah, that have I, custom I, apps that I, only I, run on BlackBerry I probably, I right? I don't think Sprint supports them. <laughs> well, it's no. Sprint or Verizon. They shouldn't. Nobody should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, so. that ship has sailed. And there's so. your tech talk for the week, guys. R.I.P. Blackberry. <laughs> so thanks shit. for listening, everybody. Tune in next week. Uh, listen to our uh, or, or check out the Facebook page and follow our Twitter because we'll be announcing what the next movie is there uh, since we don't know right now. So it's all a mystery. But uh, you were going to listen anyway. So please do. And thanks again for giving us uh, a listen and uh, making us part of your podcast uh, listening. I said listen like five times. Yeah, we got this part out, Joe? You're definitely not used to closing nope. out the show. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Hope, hopefully Joe will be back next week. <laughs> is, that, is that how you want Yeah, I think it? so. No, no, Jeff, thank you for uh, sitting in uh, last minute. No problem. Watching this horrible movie with me. Always have fun sitting in uh, with you guys. Thank you, Jeff, and you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.